Wow. Now, do you have a little flyer that looks like this in your bulletin. Would you please pull that out? I mean, I think Pastor Derek did a phenomenal job capturing the campus uh, that we're going to in San Juan and getting it all color-coded for, coded for us. And I'm hoping that you can take this and put it in your Bible or put it on your mirror or on your fridge or somewhere that you go on a regular basis so that you can look it over. You, have the, you start in the bottom right corner is where the, most of the traffic is going to come in and go out. And this building over here on the left, this is our building 24-7. So this building is called the church building, the one with most of the blue on it. And uh, there's parking right behind it. There's 17 spots. Like this week got marked church so that when you're there, especially during the week, those will be available and waiting so that we'll have ways to get uh, just right there to our building. The rest of it we rent, of course, to the school, except we have full use of it all day Sunday and on Wednesday nights. And so we share. It's like having a roommate. And uh, they are wonderful people, and uh, they're doing everything they can to make our arrival as smooth as possible. And I appreciate them uh, in that. But uh, to keep this, if you haven't been down there, anybody not been down there, don't raise your hand. I don't want to put you on the spot. But please go down and check it out then. I saw some people go through and um, stop in and uh, greet somebody here in the office and, and get comfortable with this. This will just be our new home for a couple of years, and then most uh, will be coming back. And um, uh, there's a congregation there that is ready to host us and uh, to make us feel as welcome as possible. So to keep that map and to be familiar, anything that's in color is where one of our Sunday school classes or Bible studies will be meeting. And uh, so uh, we're wanting to see all of those continue and, and get stronger. We've been in this series, Get Out There, uh, from the book of James, Handbook for an Active Faith, and we're all the way up to chapter 3. So if you want to turn there with me, please, in your Bible or the one in the pew. If you find one in the pew and you always wanted to take one home, take it today, okay? Take it with you. I know I'm, I'm being serious because we're going to, it's not part of the big project, but if we can find the funding that we need, we're going to do some renovation in here while we're gone. And uh, they can, uh, you know, recushion the pews and uh, paint and uh, carpet and, and, and sound and lights and those kinds of things uh, if, if we have the wherewithal to do it. So we'll be taking all the hymnals and the Bibles out of here. We'll be saving the hymnals and getting those to San Juan. But these Bibles, if you want to take one or take one for a friend, take it with you. It would be a help. And so James chapter 3, we're starting in verse 13. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. It is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now, Last week, we had Pastor Steve Harling talk to us, and he, of course, is leading a global mission organization that has radio stations all over the world. And he told us some pretty dramatic stories of God at work in people's lives. And they're true. And it's also true that God does a lot of small things in people's lives. And if you're like me, where you think your, your testimony or your story of God at work in your life is vanilla you know, uh, well, then you're in good company because some of us go, well, I've never had anything big and dramatic happen like that. But God often is speaking in a still small voice like he did to Elijah up on the mountain. And 
God is still wanting to move and, and, and to, to work in this world and to touch people's lives and to, to use people like you and me to bless others and to share Christ with them. And so uh, here we are in this process of improving and of uh, going to great uh, effort and uh, expense to, to improve this campus, to be a tool in God's hands. And we believe that we're following God in that process. But to, to improve, you know, you have to let go of where you are. And that letting go involves loss and it can make you sad. I mean, Katie DeLeo was saying, you know, I've been here with my mom was on staff. I've been here since I was three years old. And now she's on staff with us in children's ministry. And she said, in every room I can remember memories of teachers that cared for me and lessons that we learned and things. And in every space, I've never been to a different church. That was about three months ago. This week after working diligently to help move stuff, Katie said, I'm so over it. How quick can we get out of here? <laughs> so we're, we're, we're following God's leading and, because, and we're chasing the prize. And the prize is hearing God say, well done. Because there are generations that are coming behind us that need to, are going to need to hear about Jesus. And we're preparing a better place here for that to be able to happen. And so here in this book of James, James is, he's talked about works and he's talked about words. And he's talking today about wisdom. And wisdom is knowledge applied. In fact, the Bible says in more than one place, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praises endure forever. Wisdom isn't just something you learned. That's knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. Wisdom humbles us. So James says in verse 13, who's wise and understanding among you? And, you know, it's like, well, who wants to raise their hand? I mean, did you ever have a teacher in school say, okay, I need a volunteer? Or maybe it was a drill sergeant in the army or something. I'd like a volunteer. Did you dare? <laughs> you certainly didn't do it more than once. And, I mean, who would raise their hand when James says this? Who among you is wise? Because the wise know that there are a lot smarter people in the world, and those with understanding know their shortcomings. So how do you know if you've achieved understanding? How do you know if you're wise? James answers his own question. By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Meekness is another word for humility. And James is saying wisdom and understanding bring us to a place of truly knowing God and of truly knowing ourselves. And when you get those two in focus, how big and great God is and how insignificant we would be except for God, and that it's not about you, it's about serving others in the name of Christ, well, then your, your service and your humility and your wisdom are all working together. So his question, who thinks themselves wise? And the answer is, then live it out in humble actions. True wisdom produces good works, not just talk. True wisdom produces humility, not just self-praise. I had a neighbor this week now. I, I cut down a tree at home because there's a palm tree here that I want to move into its spot. Okay, and so I cut this tree down, and then I'm digging around, and it's one with, I don't know what the name of it is. It's a very soft tree, and it has gobs and gobs and gobs of roots that go everywhere. And I've been taking roots out for hours, and I'm down about four feet deep, and I'm, you'd think I was digging a, 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 a grave or something, you know, and I keep tossing it on the driveway. And this neighbor pulls by that I've not talked to very often. He lives down the street, and he stops, and he goes, I am so impressed with you. I said, what? He said, not only are you a, a great pastor of a great church, which I didn't even know he knew anything about, 
He says, but here you are doing something. <laughs> well, I kind of laughed too. He said, no, no. He said, so many people are just talk, 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 and you're doing something. So, well, thank you. I think I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, why didn't I hire somebody to do this? You know? <laughs> so James says that it's not just our talk. You have to do something with it, that wisdom really is a lifestyle. Now, I watched, for instance, this week, all week long, your staff have been sorting and pitching and organizing and boxing and moving and donating items and putting markers on things. Save this. I mean, go down to the multi-purpose room. You can see already it's going to be our storage bin right downstairs below us. And uh, lots of desks and, and uh, bookshelves have already been moved there because we're trying to save on expenses on the other end. And so it's all outlined of what's gonna, who's going to put stuff where and and then uh, how do we get people to come and just take stuff that they need? So when you get to your uh, Sunday school class today in, uh, in the uh, discipleship class, there's not going to be any windows in the, in the building because we've got those in boxes if you want to take the stained glass home with you. And there's not going to be any carpet because another pastor from another church said, I could sure use that carpet. So we were pulling it up and just giving it to him. Okay? And there's not any sound system left. You know what I'm saying? It's, we're, we're, we're in a move mode, but your staff just went over and above getting us ready. I mean, I was getting texts at 2.30 in the morning because that's when Rob Mayer works on stuff, you know, and he's, oh, you got to see the new, this and that, and uh, on and on and on. I mean, if, if we gave medals, they would all get good conduct medals, and if we paid overtime, they'd all be getting rich, and if we gave outstanding citizen awards, they'd all be wearing a new badge, and we don't do any of those things. So, uh, you know, I've not only been impressed with how hard they've worked, but how graciously alongside of each other, without clonking into each other. I mean, they're genuinely in love with the Lord and in love with you. And then we had all kinds, I mean, we haven't worked alone. We've even called in the Marines. I mean, thanks to Chuck, he had six Marines here yesterday from eight to one, just moving desks and heavy stuff and, and getting it out of the building. And thank you, Chuck. And that, that's a beautiful ministry that we have going. And then um, others just showing up to say, what can I do to help? I mean, like Bill Lucy taking down all the glass. In fact, where, can they, where is Bill and where can they find the glass? In the chapel. So you just go up to the chapel and you can go through the door or through the window now because it's open um, and, and help yourself to. I'm sorry? Oh, Visqueen is on the window, so don't go that way. And, say, and so, I mean, this verse has been modeled by people this week who live like this all the time that wisdom is a lifestyle. And James isn't talking about intelligence, he's talking about integrity. He's talking about character, about how you treat people in relationship with you. Even if life's going is tough and you're having some difficult things, if your relationships are healthy, if they're positive, then life's it, it's gonna be endurable. It's gonna work your direction. When the relationships that are closest to you are going sour and having a tough time, that's when life really gets difficult. And James says, life wisdom is a lifestyle. Live by godly wisdom. He also turns the coin over and he makes the next point. Lack of wisdom causes all kinds of problems. He says, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast and be false to the truth. That's not the wisdom that comes down from above. It's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. I thought, wow, that sounds kind of like Washington, D.C. Or Sacramento. Or some places of business, or unfortunately, some people's homes, where people might have lots of intelligence, but they're not aspiring to be godly. And so you have all this jealousy and selfish ambition and backbiting and complaining and personal agendas and so forth. That's no way to live. 
It certainly adds a whole lot more stress and tension, and it causes all kinds of problems and grief. It's better just to follow God's way. God's way is wisdom. See, we're pursuing a lofty goal to serve others and to sacrifice ourselves so that future generations can be blessed to grow into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so we want this place to be ready to be used for ministry for the next 50, 100 years if the Lord tarries that long. And so when you're pursuing lofty goals, it takes everybody working together, everybody pulling together, everybody sacrificing together, giving together, helping one another. I mean, there's plenty of opportunities to be jealous or selfish or ambitious for ourselves or unspiritual. But what I've seen with people from South Shores this past week in a very difficult time and working overtime every day is that they're, more of, they're following a godly path of wisdom, and it shows in how they treat each other and how they work together, how they care and share, and how we go to God in prayer. And James gives guidance then in how we treat each other in healthy relationships. Look at verse 17. It says, The wisdom that comes from above is first pure, and then peaceable, gentle, and open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. That's the kind of people we want to be. Pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, impartial and sincere. And then he says, you'll reap from what you plant. He says, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I think James might have been ADD because he seems to get this verse in reverse order, right? He says, look at, look at a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Turn it around. Peaceful people sow peace and reap righteousness. Right? Peacemakers sow peace, and they reap a harvest of righteousness. Let's be those kind of people. Even when we're facing huge challenges, even when we're chasing a lofty, godly goal. So here's my wish for you. If you have any room left in your note section, write some of these down. Here's what I am praying for you for the next 100 Sundays. Ready? I'm going to give them to you quick, so get ready. Number one, that we would be peacemakers, sowing peace, reaping a harvest of righteousness. Number two, that every one of us would grow in our spiritual maturity during this uh, time that we're out of this building, on this journey together, it's like we're taking a trip. Let's enjoy the trip, and let's enjoy each other in the process. Let's get wiser and more compassionate like Jesus in the process and be filled with his joy. Number three, that everyone would activate their gifts of service. God has gifted you in some way. Let's use that gift for the glory of God. Number four, that we would deepen our fellowship with the whole church family. We're going to be in smaller confines. You'll see people you've never seen before. They might have been here every week, but you just didn't see them. Well, make some new friends. Reach out, even if you have relationships that go way back here. Make some brand new friends. Invite them in to your friendship circles and your fellowships and your, your groups and those kind of things. Reach out and include somebody who's newer. Uh, number five, that we would pray fervently. And have more times where we just get together to pray and say, God, do your work in us. Number six, that we would give generously. And many of you have. Thank you. Thank you. Number seven, that we would share joyfully, like ride sharing. Who here says, okay, we found somebody new to ride with so we can leave cars behind? Come on, am I the only one? Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. See, I, when, I, when I asked this before, would you find somebody to carpool with? 
I said, well, I better do the same. So I went to Patrick Bristol, because he's always here early, working on your behalf. He's usually here before daylight. And so I went to him. I said, Patrick, you and I could ride to church together. We live kind of close. He says, I'll pick you up. I said, what time? He says, what time do you want to go? I said, well, what about six? He goes, well, I'll come earlier if you want. So what a heart of, of just of the Lord to be that kind of servant, to say, how can I serve you? So we're going to ride share. And I'd encourage you to do the same. What am I up to? Number six, number seven, that we would reap a great harvest of righteousness. It's not just about moving. It's about continuing to do God's work, to be transplanted as a church and to continue to flourish and to bear fruit for Jesus Christ and to fulfill all that he would have for us in this time. He says the wisdom that's from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Let's be those people, shall we? Let's pray to that end. Dear Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can hear from James who was dealing in himself in a very difficult time with a church that was shrinking because people were leaving because so many were being put in prison and put to death. And I thank you that uh, our our trials are not nearly at that magnitude, but help us to stay focused on you and to live in your joy and to take the, the hardships and challenges in stride and to see a great work done in this place as we all pull together for the glory of God. So fill us with your wisdom, we pray. May we live it out to, to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.